We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. I found out that I was actually getting a two inch by two inch brand with a cover as a man. We no longer under the laws of Moses. The world that we can cut with violence and the violence shall take it by force. Coffee. And cults. <sighs> Hi, John. Hi, Sam. Hi, listeners. And welcome to Coffee and Cults, where once a month we talk cults, sects and fringe religious groups from around the world. If you like what we do, please check out our Facebook, our Instagram and our Twitter, uh, where we post uh, various photos and bits of bonus content about the episodes that we're in. It's also a great way for you to say hello to us, either Sam or I will be on there and you can come and have a little chat with us. You could also email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com. Um, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, particularly if that place is iTunes. We'd love to hear from you there. And you can support us financially at ko.fi.com for a one-off donation or more regularly on Patreon. Please be aware this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners as it will likely contain swearing and we're going to start straight away, John. Some big trigger warnings this time. Okay, I'm bracing uh, myself. Trigger warnings for child abuse, torture, paedophilia, and Nazis. I wish you could oh, see John's my face. Tri- my trigger warning bingo card is nearly full. <laughs> yeah, oh, this it is just all Is it going to be a grim one? It's it's not... Uh, yes. Okay. It's not It's not as grim as Anthill Kids. Okay. That is, yeah, that is our uh, our go-to guide, isn't it? Well, we're in it. Strap in, listeners. You and me are in this together as Sam brings a little horror into our lives. So this month, I'm going to be talking to you about a uh, cult or a commune or a colony um, that was in Chile, South America. I never know how to say it because it's like British people saying like foreign language words like when people say spaghetti bolognese and they're like bolognese oh yeah like how spanish do i go as, as spanish as you possibly can is my vote <laughs> it's going to be this much so the the group is called uh colonia dignidad which translates to be dignity colony okay good i knew that my spanish is really really on it i mean for an english-speaking audience Colonia Dignidad. It's not that hard to translate, is it? All right. If you want to do down my achievements in Spanish, well Sam, done, John. Excellent Spanish. Talk me down at the start of this podcast, all you like. <laughs> so, before we get to Chile, we're going to go back in time. Uh, we're going back in time to 1921 to Germany. Germany, Roaring Twenties, yeah. like it. Uh, a town called Troisdorf which is south of Cologne, which I thought was in France until this week. I was this week old when I found out it was not. So you have some free geography for you, listener. You're welcome. Um, a man named Paul Schaefer is born. So Paul is little German boy in the 20s. <laughs> and... <laughs> that sounds like the start of a great song. Like, little German <laughs> boy in the 20s. Sorry. Sorry, I apologise. I sang last time, listeners. I need to stop doing it. You know, they loved it. Did you <clears throat> love it? I think we loved it. <laughs> so, little boy in the 20s. What else is a little blonde boy to do but to join the Hitler Youth? Oh, in the 30s? When it's... Yeah. I was going to say, in the 20s, he was years ahead of his time. <laughs> he was the first he was one. Very nuts. He was starting the Hitler Youth before even Hitler knew. Yep, no. Um, That's the so second was... line of the song. <laughs> little 
little German boy in the twenties. <laughs> this is my new favourite song. <laughs> oh, enjoy the laughter now. In the Hitler Youth before he knew. It's great. <laughs> this is our our uh, German nineteen thirties musical coming soon. <clears throat> in World War Two. See, I told you that laughter wasn't going to last for long. Uh, Schaefer serves as some places say a medic, other places say a nurse. He was not very highly educated, so some sort of medic slash nurse. Medic slash nurse, noted. In the uh, Wehrmacht, which I found out was the German army in mm-hmm, World War II. Very good. John's looking at me like, I can't believe you didn't read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that when we were in school, we did Nazi Germany every year from like primary till death. See, I didn't. I don't remember ever studying Nazi Germany. Oh, really? We did it in, well, Key Stage 3, so Year 9, and then we did it again for GCSE, and then I didn't do it for A-level, although I wanted to, but I'm pretty sure they ended up doing it again at A-level. Uh, I didn't do it. I didn't do history for GCSE, uh... so maybe that's where I missed it out. But anyway, I learned a lot about the Native Americans. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's unrelated to this. That's that's for our <laughs> nice, jolly podcast. Well, no, that's a tragic story as well, isn't it? I was thinking before. Oh yeah, yeah. Before what happened happened. Um, none of our none of our podcasts are cheery, listeners. I'm really sorry. No. So uh, after the war, Schaefer establishes um, a children's home for like displaced German children whose parents have been killed in the war. Okay. And for widows. And okay. He also Sounds like a stand-up this... guy. Yeah. Oh, well, I've given you some warnings at the top of this that I think you can <laughs> probably extrapolate from. Um, he also starts a Baptist ministry. And so, like Jim Jones, he's inspired by William Branham, ah. who had the travelling ministry, yeah, yeah. healing, all that sort of thing. So, I should... Schaefer's like right at the front of this as well. Oh, wow. Interesting. So, 1959... After the war, he's got this children's home. He sets up this charity called the Private Social Mission. Also, in 1959, a woman whose children were staying in the children's home accused him of sexually abusing her two sons in the home. So, like every good Nazi, Schaefer flees Germany and disappears for a year. Wow, okay. They think he went to the Middle East, but I've seen a few different things saying he went to different places. But in 1961, he's offered a passport by the Chilean government. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So did he come back to Germany and then go out to Chile? or was he? I do not know. Okay. But he went to Chile. I mean, that is a common... Although interesting to have stayed in Germany post-war and then... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so odd, isn't it? It's a period of time I don't really know a huge amount about. But those years, like after the end of the war into the 50s in Germany... Must have been a really, uh, yeah, must have been a really surreal time, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Like, all the unrest, everything's weird, everything's wrong. Yeah, Yeah. madness. So, he uh, goes to Chile. He takes about 20 20 of his followers with him. So, he's still got followers from the traveling ministry that's separate to the children's home. Oh, okay. So, he's this, yeah, Baptist guy. Um, So, 20-ish come across with him at first. Um, at the height, there are 300 people living at Colonia Dignidad. Oh, wow. Okay. So he told his followers that it was really important that they left Germany because the Soviet Union was going to take Germany over. Uh, they were going to bring communism. Um, so they have to run away to Chile. I mean, that's a fair cop. But... I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So they they don't know anything about this paedophilia allegation. No. They just know that the, the communists are coming and so they have to run away. Two of those were a couple called uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hembel who had met Schaefer in the late 50s and then followed him to Chile. Well, I'll come I, back to that. I mean, that's just... Like, they can't have known him that long. Again, it's, you, you meet these figures and you wonder, how. what was yeah. it like to, you know, join a new church mm-hmm. and be so convinced by that person that within, what, four years you're going to yeah. suddenly up sticks and move to a whole other country with no plan? It's in, I can't imagine being that yeah. gung-ho. Well, but then, as we were saying, like, in that time of massive unrest in Germany, if someone's offering you a place to go... Well, a, that's true, and in the Americas. Yeah, yeah. Um, some uh, So their son, Winfried, it's his and another man called Werner Schmidtke, um, and it's Ooh. their interviews that um, most of my research comes from. Oh, okay. Um, and Winfried described Schaefer as a person who seemed larger than he was, with a dark and intimidating presence. His glare would paralyse you. Oh, God. Would you like to see a picture of him, John? I definitely want to see a larger-than-life presence with a powerful glare that would... Oh, I've missed the end of that sentence now. Paralyse you. Paralyse me. I'll put this picture on the Instagram. John has furrowed his brow and... It's not what I was expecting, listeners. He's very round, isn't he? Yeah, quite round. That's my main takeaway. He's quite spherical. (laughs) I mean... Less, I mean, that's... less round as a younger man. Is that him in the middle? Yeah. But still... I mean, this is also a creepy photo, given the trigger warnings you've just done. Yep. That's going to give you some idea as to later. You'll understand in a minute, listeners, I promise. Why is that boy on the left wearing a Geordie LaForge eye? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> he dressed up as Adam Ant for that picture. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So, let's talk about the um, arrival in Chile. Yes, let's. Thank you. I knew you were going to say that. Um, So, he buys some land. uh, He builds a farm. They build a bakery. They build a hospital. And... (laughs) They just build a hospital. They just build a hospital. Great. Yeah. Um, And this hospital is um, subsidised by the Chilean government because they agree to provide free healthcare for locals. Okay. So, lovely. Wow. Seems again, seems all good and positive so far. I wanted to come in costume today, but I couldn't. Sometimes listeners, John and I dress up in a funny way to uh, describe the group we're in, but I couldn't find any traditional Bavarian clothes. I wanted to bring you some lederhosen. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh. I bet we would rock lederhosen, you and I. I think my legs are too short for lederhosen. I'd have to get cropped ones. <laughs> Too short for Lederhosen, chapter 23 of the Samantha Lund story. <laughs> um, everyone, uh, oh, everyone was, so everyone was wearing these traditional Bavarian clothes, except for Schaefer, who would wear modern clothes to denote his status. Oh, okay, I see. In the middle of, Ch- I mean, that's got to be quite warm to wear in Chile, isn't it? Because it's all those little um, green, shorts. warm, woolen jackets on top of everything else. I expect so, yeah. Just doesn't seem practical. <laughs> I'm starting to think this isn't all it's cracked up to be. No. And uh, in the commune, you are only to speak German. Even yeah. though you're in South America. No Spanish. Schaefer das ist never gut, ja? Sehr gut. Das ist cool. Sehr cool. <laughs> Thanks for the encouraging nod. 
So Schaefer wanted this commune to be like the days of the Bible. He wanted it to be self-sustaining. Were there a lot of lederhosen in the Bible? I mean, I'm sure there were loads. <laughs> um, he wanted it to be self-sustaining, everyone contributing, sharing, receiving an equal amount in return. But not communism. He hated communism. No, that's fair. But everyone works for the same goal <laughs> and gets an equal share. Just each according to their ability, each according to their need. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, but not communism. Definitely not that. So the enemy of the group, because, you know, as we've learned, every group needs something to fight against. Yep, let's go down our checklist. It's communism and the devil. (laughs) Because, you know, communism and the devil is our next album. (laughs) (laughs) Communism and the devil, chapter 25 of the Samantha Lund story. So this um, colony is all about farming, German ethics and Baptist doctrine. Wow, what a combo. And like all good uh, Baptist ministries, they're scared of the apocalypse. So Chile is where they're going to hide from it. Jim Jones chose his place. He chose this place. I mean, particularly if you've lived and grown up in Germany during the 30s and 40s, the idea that Armageddon might be around the corner is not a million miles away, right? That's a bit more understandable than some of our other groups. Yeah, yeah. I would agree there. Um, so as the colony grows, it ends up being spread over 55 square miles. How did they have enough money for all of this in the first place? Do so you know? the, that's a good question. It's something that I left out of my notes, but I did research. So, ah, great. Um, so his uh, Baptist ministry in Germany, everyone had to pay 10% of their salary. Ah, to, the old tithing trick, I see. Exactly, to be a part of it. And then when he moved over, he had more followers than 20 in Germany. They, they continued was... to pay. Like like Jonestown, the people who were left behind continued to pay to get the new land formed and built ready for them all to arrive. God, people are crazy with their money sometimes, aren't they? Yeah. I always remember my... Um, I might have told you this before, Sam. My godfather's son um, got really involved in some kind of... Um, christian sect in sussex for quite a while um and his family were really worried about you know he was doing all the services and doing the home study groups and do it you know like going you know like seriously investing in it more than seemed healthy or uh, normal for them yeah um and then one weekend they said they were really worried that he was just gonna get you know taken off into this group and, and that would be it and then one weekend um, he came back and they sort of cautiously, as they normally did, asked him, um, oh, what's going on? He went, Dad, they wanted 10% of my income, so I sacked that off. <laughs> <laughs> haven't been back. <laughs> cool. Well done, Adam. You did it. That was the right Good choice, job, Adam. That's from all of these things. It's like, just stop when they say that. Believe all the other stuff. But Feels just like don't... a red flag, right? Yeah. Well done, Adam. Um. Yeah, so um, 300 people uh, live there by the end, um, German and Chilean. Okay, so they're starting to get converts locally as well. Yeah. Uh, My timeline skips around a little bit in this just because it's fucking crazy. So a lot of different stuff happens. I think John looked at me funny when I did that. No, I just really enjoy, I really want that a soundbite of you saying that. (laughs) I feel like that could be a section in most of our (laughs) episodes. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) At its peak, it's got, a, it's got a church, obviously. It's got their meeting room where they have services on a Saturday. And you're called to that by a big bell. Awesome. I love a big bell. 
It has an orchestra. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> listeners, I just say something to see if I can make Sam break while she's talking. <laughs> it worked. Sorry, what did they have? They had an orchestra, a choir. Wow. Um, and they were seen by Chilean locals as a really aspirational place. They could see this place was like all this German cleanliness and efficiency. It was super clean. They had hospital. They had teachers. So Schnitzel. I'm sure all the verse you could want. And so they... All, all the verse you could want. Chapter 27 <laughs> of the Samantha Lunchtime. I'm so sorry. That is the that, rule of three. That's the last time I'm going to make that joke. Um... <laughs> So they would they would like let their children be adopted into this thing because they really wanted their oh children God, to yeah. have this lovely, clean, efficient upbringing. Um, they also had their own radio station that would play that would broadcast like local group messages. So it was like, oh, uh, Sandra's got a cake sale on Friday. Come down. Um, but they could also use it to communicate with a house they owned in Santiago, which is the capital. Yep. Um, so they could communicate between. Oh, the two. interesting. Um, so I'm skipping on a little bit more because it's in the, my notes, but I'll probably skip back again in a second okay. um, to 1977 when Winfried Hembel is born. He's born in the colony. Winfried Hembel. Yep. Um, so he is a person that was in um, the documentaries that I watched and in all the interviews and stuff about this place. He is like the guy to speak to about this. And you've just said this. He was born into it, right? He, he was, was born, born there. there. So his parents had gone there early. Wow, okay. Um, and Werner Schmidtke, just to fill you in, uh, came over in 61. Okay. When he, as a child, he uh, sailed over from Germany. So we're going to crack on now. Ready? Everyone ready? Is this the... Is this the... It's going to start. Okay. It's going to start. So, uh, the rules. Any bonds not decreed by the church are outlawed. Men and women are not allowed to be friends let alone, like, in relationships. Oh, wow, that's, like, always one of the first rules, isn't it? In all that, again, maybe it's just the run of groups we've been looking at recently. Yeah. But it feels like breaking up established, meaningful relationships is, yeah. like, order number one. And those are all relationships, including parent and child relationships. They are not allowed to raise their own children. Wow. Um, all the children are known as the children, and I'll tell you in a minute about, like, the groups that they're in. yeah, yeah. Um, and then all adults were, to the children, they were aunt and uncle. And so uh, for children born into the colony, they didn't know who their parents were because were everyone was aunt and uncle. Yeah, okay. um, so they were all separated into groups by gender and age, um, and these were their work groups. Uh-oh. So if you were a young boy, until age six, you were in the group called The Babies. Das babies. From six to fourteen, you're in the wedges, like potato wedges. Das wedges. <laughs> um, from the age of fifteen to in your mid thirties, you're in the army of salvation. No, you're not going to translate das this one. <laughs> army? No, I don't know. Army um, of salvation. Wow. Your mid thirties until you're fifty, you're in the elder servants. Okay. And then from the age of fifty plus, you're in uh, the Comalos, which is something that there isn't a proper translation for. It was okay. just a word. Sounds like a cool, like, um, Chilean panpipes band. I thought it sounded like a hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a bit worried both of those suggestions are a bit racist. Let's move on. <laughs> um, if you're a young girl, until the age of six, you're in the 
babies. Uh, six to 14, you're in the dragons. 15 to mid-30s, you are the field mice. Oh, mm. that's a weird change, isn't it? From the quite empowering dragon to field mouse. Yep. Well, you don't want to give a woman too much power, do you? I guess so. Or power until that point, And then she, you know, imagine being a dragon and then one day waking up and discovering you're a field mouse. That's <laughs> a disappointing day, right? Um, uh, mid-30s, the age of 50, you're in the woman's group. And then lazily named. Not as much imagination has gone into these. Wait until you hear the last one. Okay. For women aged 50 plus, you're in the grannies. So in the space of 30 years, you go from the dragons to the grannies. If you happen to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. you, you know. And I do. Often. (laughs) um, And, uh, you know, through secret love affairs. I, I wish you could see the action Sam just did for secret love affairs. It's like, you know the walk like an Egyptian dance move, <laughs> listeners? It's the lower half of that, but with a creepier shoulder. Okay, that's a good description. I'll go with that. Um, if you happen to get pregnant, you are hidden away. You're isolated until you give birth, and then there's no way for people, you know, because there's a hundred, couple of hundred people there. Yeah. You don't probably don't notice uh, Jessica missing for a couple of months, and then she's just brought back, and there's a new baby. Oh wow! So it's all yeah. All even trying to make sure that people don't know who the parent is, even so. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So uh, in these groups, from the age of six, so when you're a a, a dragon or a wedge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so horrible! I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> it's all ridiculous names. It's fine. Uh, you are sent out to work in the fields because we're farming, okay. we're baking. You know they've got a mill to do the flour. Great. Um, so it's sixteen-hour days. <sighs> yep. Um, and the <laughs> I worked eight and a half hours today, and that was enough for me, Sam. Yep. Um, and the the phrase that they would use, and it would be like plastered everywhere around the colony, was ready for some German. <clears throat> yeah. Arbeit ist. Gottesdienst, which is work is God's something work purpose something? divine service. Very oh, good. Okay. Um, and you would don't worry though; it's not all bad. You get a rest day every year. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, every year? Every year. Oh, this sounds cushy, actually. Um, so the profits from the bakery and the farm they go into buying more land. They also go into um, fortifying the walls with barbed wire. They go into building watchtowers and buying guns to arm the men who are in these watchtowers. Welcome to our latest edition of Totally Chill Things for a leader to I ask have you to a do. Section of Totally Chill Things. Don't worry, I'm going to get there. Great. <laughs> they, there were also uh, there was also copper wire, so that would trip if you tried to walk over it. Okay. Oh wow! To trip an alarm, um, and there was CCTV. Um, and what they said were motion sensors, like laser ones. Oh, okay. That's likely to be untrue and just to be fear. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, okay. Um, and wow, okay. Uh, a little bit later on, some people find some bunkers uh, hidden in the area. Um, so it was Winfried Hembel was one of the people that was d- that discovered it. And he didn't, it wasn't until after years and years yeah. that he found that it was there. But it was there to monitor all these things. Oh, wow. So it was like the hub for all of the Mm -hmm. security. It is creepy. That's very creepy. 
Nothing good ever happens in a bunker, right? Uh, I once saw a really good production of Hamlet in a bunker. Oh, did you? <laughs> That's such an arty farty thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it did have a creepy, um, like, mannequin of Margaret Thatcher in it, though. See, nothing good happens in a bunker. <laughs> oh, yes, John, that's a good question. What would happen if you tried to escape? I wrote it as a question in my notes. <laughs> so I thought so I'd... do you want me to give you a clean take of that? Yes, please. Sam, given all of this security and the evil, creepy bunker, what mm. would happen if you tried to escape out of interest? What a great question. Thank you. So, as I said, there are armed watchtowers. There are men with guns in those armed watchtowers. Uh, Schaefer also has... Some places they were bloodhounds. In some reports they were German shepherds. In some reports they were just other massive, horrible dogs. So Schaefer would have big, scary fighting dogs to come and big, find scary fighting dogs. Good band name. Yeah, like it. Be like a scar band. Yeah. Sorry for the sidetrack. Um, you would also be punished with electric shocks and oof. physical beatings. God. Okay, this is going to get worse, John. Okay. You just... Oof, uh, electric shocks. Just... Oh, sorry, everyone. Um, there was also a team of boys called sprinters. And the sprinters' job, it was a really important job, was to run from one end of the compound to the other, basically. So if Schaefer wanted to speak to Margaret, who's doing field work 50 oh, miles away, the sprinter would have to run and get Margaret, or deliver Margaret the message and run back to Schaefer. So because... The sprinters were so important. Their job was really, really important. Sometimes they were allowed to sleep in Schaefer's bedroom with him. Yeah. <laughs> John went blur. I'd written blur after that sentence well, in my notes. We are similar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gross. Yeah. So the Remind children, me what age group this is. The, the sprinters. Uh, they're part of they're the boys. So they're like under fifteen. Ugh. Um. If they, if these boys uh, resisted being in Schaefer's bedroom, uh, they would be beaten up, locked oh, up. God. And something worse that I will tell you about later because it's not on this page of my notes. Um, so for everybody else, uh, adults included, uh, meal times, fucking crazy. Okay. So um, at every meal time, uh, they had big uh, blackboards on the walls, like just outside the dining hall. Um, and everybody would be expected to go and write the names of any sinners that they'd observed. Oh, God. Yeah. So while everyone's sitting down to eat, Schaefer has a little tiny microphone and he reads out the list of the sinners. Oh God, it's really like Jonestown. It really like Jonestown. Wow. The sinners had to stand up and confess to their sins. But obviously, because it's been reported by anybody... They don't know what they've done a lot of the time. Oh, because it's just their name that's yeah. going... Oh, that is so, so creepy. quick people would just make something up on the spot. Just confess to something. Wow. And then that's the other part of the nature of fear that would keep everybody in line because everyone is reporting on each other. Yeah, yeah. Which is a lovely trick he must have learned from the Nazis. Yeah. Um, minor misdemeanours meant your meals... Oh, minor misdemeanours meant your meals were withheld. John's <laughs> smiling because it was a fun alliteration, but it's not. Um, you weren't allowed to eat, but you still had to attend the meal. Ugh. So you had to go and sit and watch everybody else eat. If anyone was caught slipping you food, they would be punished as well. Yeah. Oh, horrible. Um, and so that sort of thing turned victims who were being forced to 
It's, it's so if, if I'm starving and you give me something, then I'm making you a victim yep. by being a victim. Um, yeah, it's really unhealthy, isn't it, psychologically? Yeah. And so these confessions happen and uh, for and they happen in the um, in their like religious meeting room as well. Um, and you have to pray in front of everybody. Everything is totally public. Yeah. Um, if you've done something really bad, then you get beaten by everybody. Oh, God. But then you have to confess again because you sinned and so you made everybody else sin in hitting you. So you do something bad, I hit you, and then you have to confess again because you made me a sinner. Again, that's almost exactly like um, People's Temple, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's very, very similar. Wow. That's got to be really rooted in some of that um, evangelical Mm -hmm. um, revival movement then, hasn't it? Wow. Yeah. Uh, the punishments were the same for children. Like, there was no difference. Everyone Ugh. had equal punishment. Um, with the children especially, Schaefer enjoyed setting his dogs on them. Um, oh, and then would call them off at the last minute. So he was then the saviour. You know, these children... You know. Oh, and again, it's that endless abuser dynamic, isn't it? Of, you know, the time they don't do something, suddenly they're a hero for... Exactly. Oh. For showing a, a little bit of mercy. Um, also, you could expect to be sedated quite often because they've got a hospital. Oh, so they've God, got access course. to drugs, which is like the family. They've got access to drugs, so if, you know if you're if you're a real dickhead, they'll sedate you. Wow. Yeah. So I'll tell you a little bit about the structure of the group. <laughs> okay. So there's Schaefer. He's at the tippy top, and then he's got his inner circle, which are made up of literal Nazis, literally people who were in the SS. Um, Albert Schreiber, uh, someone Hammerschmidt, uh, a man called Walter Ralph, who you might have heard of because yeah, he invented mobile gas chambers. He was part of this group. Holy fuck. Someone else who is known to have spent some time here is Joseph Mengele. Oh, I was, do you know what? I was gonna, that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Fucking hell. So there was Schaefer, the Nazi bastards, and then everybody else. And that was the structure. Um, Schaefer would be called permanent uncle by the children. Der permanent uncle in German. God, I'm fucking <laughs> terrible at languages. <laughs> I mean, that is a horrifically creepy title, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking Mengele was there. Insane. Yep. I'm just going to say it, Sam. I don't approve of Joseph Mengele. No, no, no that is a bold statement to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Obviously, I said that um, parents and children were separated. Uh, children weren't allowed to know who their parents were. But the parent, you know, parents know their children. Mm. They know the child they bought there. And even if the child's forgotten about them because they were two when they arrived, yeah. the parent still knows and the parent has still watched that child grow up. And so they try and give their children preferential treatment if they can. So if you are the uncle going to look after the children that day... Oh, then you're, you're still going to treat kid, some better than... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it's quite like an Ida, isn't it? Yeah. Same kind of deal. Wow. But they would try and do that without anyone noticing. If you're shown, if if you seem to show preferential treatment, you get punishment. Mm. But they would still do it anyway. And um, that's how Winfried Hembel found out who his father was. Ah, okay. At the age of 10. He was 10 before he knew who his father was. He said he was really lonely because they, as well as not knowing who their parents were, they don't know if they've got any siblings. They don't know who they are. 
Um, and so not being able to turn to anybody, not being, you know, just being in a dormitory of boys. Well, and again, when it's so regulated like that and you're constantly, you know, the people around you aren't just your friends. They're also the enforcers of the community at every yeah. level. There really is no one. No. Yeah. No one to have a genuine moment with potentially. Yeah. Um, Schaefer was treated like a god because he's a twat. Um, sexual desires were punished. So as I said before, like when um, adult couples would get together or, you know, teenagers would fancy each other, they'd be drugged, they'd be sedated, they would even be experimented on in parts of the colony that were, like, you know, banned from other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order to try and curb their any sexual feelings that they have. So do they are like the new children coming in then are they like accidents and then they have to deal with it or are they or is there a so system for how new children get born So uh it's a bit later in my notes but oh, okay. there are it's okay but um there are no births in the colony but in the 80s Oh okay at all Oh None. wow so it has been run out before, Um some children as I said before would be given by their Chilean families Yep um, but there are no births in the 80s at all. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, <clears throat> so the dark shit's going to come now. Sorry, everybody. Because um, all this Mengele stuff up to now has been at the lighter end. No, it gets bad now, John. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you were a young boy, it's okay if you have sexual desires, as long as you act those out with Paul Schaefer. <sighs> so at the age of seven... Werner Schmidtke is called to Schaefer's room where he is raped for the first time. Um, Schaefer would rape multiple boys in a day, between three and four boys a day. Uh, but none of the boys knew it was happening to the others. It was all kept very secret. Yeah. It's all shameful. Um the boys didn't have anyone to speak to. These boys, any boys who resisted or tried to fight because sure as fucking yeah, shit yeah, they yeah. fight, uh, were taken and sedated um, and experimented on. Oh, and so Werner talks about one of these. Um, this is horrible. So uh, there's a group of boys that were all taken into a room together um, and stripped naked and they're in the dark and then someone screams. They don't know why. And they see a flash of light and then the next boy screams and then Werner finds out why. And it's because they're being shocked with a cattle prod that had been brought over from Germany. Shit. Um, and the way Werner describes it is they were shocked in the soft parts. Schaefer wasn't picky. He would uh, abuse anyone's sons, um, even the sons of the people in his inner circle. So even the <sighs> higher up people in the group, he would abuse their children as well. But they wouldn't say anything because they enjoyed all this privilege yeah. of being in the group and how privileged it was that God had chosen their son. Well, yeah, he must just feel so untouchable himself that he can just... And also they can't show favouritism to one child. Oh, God, of course, because they're not supposed Because it's everybody's child, yeah. I mean, it is almost entirely a society designed to allow you to get away with child abuse, isn't it? It's exactly that, yeah. So um, I'm going to swerve away from this now because it's pretty horrible. Um, and that's, I think that's it for the descriptions of child abuse. 
So if that's horrible to you, don't worry. The rest of it's still going to be pretty gross, but it's Oof. not going to be that. Um, so another way they're like Jonestown is that when Chilean officials come to visit to make sure everything's all right, yeah, they, they put on a show. They put on a show. They choreograph happy children skipping around, blah blah blah. Um, oh, where did I put that? Oh, I'll tell you that later. Okay. Um, Schaefer makes connections with right wing groups in Chile. Well, yeah, understandably. As he would. Um, anyone who complained about the conditions at all were given medicine that was meant to control epilepsy or schizophrenia. Um, and those drugs mess you up. Yeah. If, you're, if you don't have that, yeah, yeah. like um, Gypsy Blanchard had was given epilepsy medication, things like that. Um, and there was, I can't remember his name and I feel very bad for it, but there was um, a particular couple on the documentary and the husband is now a wheelchair user because of the drugs oh, that he was given at Colonial Dignidad. Um, so the first time someone had escaped the group was in 1966, so only five years after they got to Chile. Oh, okay. And he said, he went to the German authorities and went, look, this guy is in Chile, he's got German citizens, he's abusing them. Yeah. And they went, oh, no, it doesn't matter, it's everything's okay. And that was the end of that. Oh, wow. But Schaefer found out about this, and that's when everything got even more strict there. Oh, so that's, the, I was going to ask, is there something that sort of precipitated the real extreme security you were mentioning or is that then isn't it yeah uh your chilean history is pretty good isn't it john <clears throat> yeah yeah september of 1973 oh uh, yes okay yep the government is overthrown by general pinochet am i saying that right yeah yeah so schaefer offers up colonia dignidad to pinochet for whatever oh, he yeah, needs I it bet for. he does fascist for fascists mm-hmm Pinochet wanted to learn um, the control techniques that Schaefer was using. Schaefer wanted to be of service to this prick. So parts of Colonia Dignidad turn into a torture camp for political Jesus. prisoners and dissidents. Um, so there are parts of the colony that the colonists aren't allowed in. They don't know why. This is what's happening. Um, up to 80,000 political prisoners are taken during Pinochet's regime. And I saw some varied reports on how many came through Colonia Dignidad, but uh, um, estimated about 1,200 God, I bet through. that's not even the half of it as well, with all the no. disappearances in Chile at that time. Exactly. Um, uh, a, a notable political prisoner during that time is a man called Boris Weisfeiler, who was a Soviet scientist living in the U.S., and um, the last his family knew, he was going on holiday. He went to Chile on holiday and then disappeared. Oh. Um, the Chilean, uh, what they said had happened was that he'd gone on a walking trip and drowned, but his body was never found. Um, and it's assumed that he was taken to Colonia Dignidad and killed. Yeah. So there is um, another political prisoner, um, was a man called Eric Zotchuikas, okay. sorry, um, who is a student activist in 1975. Um, he was, he described his torture in this way. They applied special bandages, putting wet cotton balls in my ears, putting a leather helmet over my head that covered my ears uh. and tied my hands and feet. They didn't want me to know where I was being taken. When we entered the grounds of Colonia Dignidad, I had a feeling that this moment would be my last. Most of his time was spent horizontally. He was tied to a military camp bed. My feet, legs, back and hands were tied. Louis Peebles, 
who was a medical student in 1975. He was a lefty. He didn't, you know, he was called up by the Chilean forces. He didn't do it. Okay. Um, he was picked up by a Chilean security agency and taken to Colonia Tindad. This is horrible. Okay. He said that they placed electrodes on him and they were meticulous about it. Under his toenails, his hands, ankles, and I'm sorry for this, listeners, they were placed inside his penis, his anus, his mouth, and his nose. He was kept hooded and he was shocked. Um, at one point, uh, his hood comes off when he jerks from the mm. shock um, and he sees Schaefer standing there. So Schaefer is personally overseeing, overseeing all of this stuff. Jesus all of this. Lewis Peebles survived. Um, and he's now a psychologist. He's a doctor. He is still alive now. He's okay. Yeah. So Pinochet's government completely looked the other way about the Nazism, the paedophilia. They could, you know, they could, they knew it was happening, but they didn't do anything about it because they were because the colonia was disposing of all these bodies for them. Yeah. They were disappearing people. This is all happening at the same time. So 73 is when the government is overthrown. 77 is when Winfried is born. So it's all happening like completely parallel. God. Oh, it's so crazy. I told you this was crazy, John. I can't believe I've never heard of them before. Yeah. Uh, So some, uh, uh, some more people escape. They go to the German embassy in Santiago where they're sent back to the colony again Mm. because they're German and they need to go and live in the German enclave ah. well and also they don't want any german project there to get a bad name out exactly yeah um three oh i just read it and then lost my place three lieutenants so higher up people not nazis but other ones yep um were sick of sick of everything that was going on they escaped and they got to germany where they started talking oh, about wow. everything. Well done then. So um, community numbers had started to dwindle. As I said, there weren't any births in the 80s at all. The boys were growing up. Yeah. So Schaefer didn't have anyone that he fancied there anymore. Oh, well, uh, God, this is so horrible. Um, 1995, a child who has found out who their mother is tells her that he'd been raped by Schaefer. And it says it so explicitly that she cannot deny anything or his suffering or anything like that. So she takes him away um, and they escape. Five? Hmm? How old did you say that child was? No, it was in 1995. In 1995, okay. Yeah, five. Basically all the boys in this colony, which was why that picture is so horrible that I showed you. It will be on the Instagram no, it might not be. <laughs> um, so Pinochet is overthrown by now, um, and the new president of Chile goes, something's going wrong in there. Yeah, Something yeah. bad's happened in this Colonia Dignidad place. Doesn't seem right. Uh, I'm going to investigate. So, hooray! Yeah. We've got out of most of the shit. Oh, cool, good. Phew. We got through it. God, um, I... I... I don't think I've ever seen you react to one of the stories we've done up to this point, given that we've done Ant Hill Kids and Jonestown. Yeah. Sam, you're right. Yeah, I'm all right. It's just, it's all A lot. awful. Yeah. Um, so 26 
young men come forward about the abuse that they've suffered um, because the authorities are coming in to investigate. Yeah. These young men are sent away by their families or by the by the group, by okay. their aunts and uncles. They're sent away so that they can't be there to be questioned. And so, uh, like, Hembel talks about being 20 years old and seeing traffic for the first time and seeing an automatic door for the first time and going, oh, what the fuck's that? Goodness. Yeah. Uh, 97, Schaefer, as is his want, disappears. Mm. Goes. We don't know where he is. There. He's gone. The inner circle continue to uphold all the rules. Um, oh, God, but, so it's still running at this point, even though it's being investigated. all the rules about farming and work and yeah. the, the paedophilia stops because okay. the paedophile has gone. Yeah. No, okay, that makes sense. But still. Yeah. Um, Hembel is... Hembel's taken um, in by a local family. He didn't speak Spanish at all, even though he was born and yeah. grew up in Chile. Yeah. Um, he was admitted to a school. He went to university. Um, and instead of saying that he was from Colonia Dignidad, he said that he was from Germany hmm. and that he'd moved to Chile to go to university. Yeah. Um, and he studied law at university. Hmm. Werner Schmitke had met a, a Chilean lady called Katharina. Um, she'd been adopted into the colony, but there are no adoption records for her. So it's likely that, like the family, she had been stolen yeah. from her mother. Um, now Schaefer was gone. There was no one there to tell them not to get married. So oh, they got married. Yeah. Lovely. And they're still together now. Oh, ah, that is lovely. Lovely. Um, Schaefer is on the run. Prick. He's a prick. He's a prick. Yeah. Um, he is tracked down in 2005. Holy shit. From yeah. 1997? Yeah. Uh, by a journalist and a lawyer. Not even by the police. Yeah. A journalist and a lawyer find out where he is. Um... And he's hiding in a farm in Argentina. And I wonder if I've got a picture of him being carted out. Just oh, a little yeah, bit. I want to see that shit. He looks too cheerful in that photo for my liking. Yeah. Looks really fucking pleased with himself. I'm sure he is. Um, so, because he's found in Argentina, he's extradited to Chile. He's charged with abuse of 25 minors. He's charged with um, drug trafficking, like uh, money trafficking, uh, aiding and abetting torture, wow. all these sort of crimes. Uh, he's sentenced to 20 years in jail. Uh, also in 2005, as it's taken this long for investigators to be able to keep getting in and finding stuff, yeah. years, because people are still, hundreds of people. Still yeah, yeah it's still a living, yeah. going operation. Um, a stockpile of weapons is found at Colonia de uh. And this is more weapons than have been found in Chile ever. There are machine guns, rocket launchers, uh, like uh, land-to-air missiles, grenades. There's evidence of sarin gas. Um, the hell were they planning? Well, I'm sure it was a hangover from Pinochet. Oh, yeah, I guess so. And they had a like a workshop where they would fabricate weapons. So they'd buy a couple and then replicate them. Oh, God. Yeah. So terrifying. Mm-hmm. Got some good news for you, John. Good. 2010, Schaefer dies in prison. Good. Hooray. Winfried Hembel is now a lawyer. Good man. He set up a lawsuit against the German and Chilean governments for complicity in this abuse. Hell both yeah. Both of them denied knowledge of it at one point. Um, and there are 120 ex-members that are also on this, on this lawsuit. Good for them. Uh, February of 2013... 
Six of Schaefer's accomplices are taken to court. Five of them are sentenced. The sixth one flees, because he's a Nazi fucker, <laughs> um, to a German city called Krefeld. Good old Krefeld. Um, but because he is a German national and he now lives in Germany, the law in Germany states that he can't be extradited. Oh. Uh. Something else interesting about Krefeld is that when the as the group collapsed, a lot of other members moved to that same town. Oh, weird. They, you know, they wanted to move back to Germany where everyone spoke German. They yeah. didn't speak Spanish. They chose this town. And then suddenly this guy turns up that was one of their enforcers and abusers. Oh, God, and they're all living in that town together. And they all live there still now. They all go to the same church. They just live there. <sighs> so... As I'm sure you've gathered, they just kind of dissipated. But a lot of people still live there. Now? A lot of the same people. Colonia Dignidad is still there. But now it's um, it's called Villa Bavaria. And they've tried to turn it into a like holiday destination. <laughs> so you can go there on holiday. It's on TripAdvisor. Like, what are their TripAdvisor reviews like? They're fine. They're like, oh, it was great sauerkraut. Like, it's supposed to be like a traditional German resort in Chile. What What are you doing in the summer, Sam? <laughs> we're going to... No, we're not. Um, it looks fucking creepy as shit. I bet. And it is run by um, a woman called Anna Schnellenkamp, and she is one of the daughters of one of these Inner Circle members. But she just runs... She's like the resort manager sort yeah. of thing. And so the people that work there are ex-members. They're serving you lattes and they're, you know, turning down your sheets in the morning and cleaning the pool. I don't know. They, but they don't know where else to go. So they just well, no, it's there. their life, and they, you know, yeah. although probably I would imagine most of them are now severely traumatized. They don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not. Yeah, not necessarily culpable for some of the other stuff, but yeah, but also how sad in a way yeah, to well, still they just be don't, living there they and don't still know doing how to live in yeah the world as it is now it's tragic um winfried hembel's father still lives there and he's still in contact with him he he says that he forgives his father like he's they're at a, they're at a distance yeah yeah but he he's like well you he was under all these threats yeah he was so a victim he, of the yeah group as much as anyone um in 2018 they start excavation works to try and find the mass graves that are on the property um, because they believe at least at least 100 people are buried in the property, but they know for a fact that a lot of things were burned. Oh, yes, I can imagine. I was just going to say there's nothing better for your holiday than to be next to the pool at your holiday resort and across the way people are digging for mass graves. Yep, happy holidays. Wish you were here. <clears throat> so something that very much excited me when I was researching is I was writing up my notes, did a little extra Google, and on Friday, as in the 17th of May, it's the 20th of May today when we're recording yeah. listeners, 17th of May 2019, there is a ruling in Winfred Hembel's lawsuit. Oh, wow, like that? Yeah. Soon? Yeah, like the other day. Oh, it's fate, Sam. I know. Um, so a it's from the German government. Uh, a German judge agrees that um, they're culpable to give some sort of compensation wow. to the victims. Um, so each victim has been allowed uh, 10,000 euros. There are 240 people eligible for this. God. Um, and Hembel's like, yeah, it's cool. It's Amazing. a step in the right direction. 
it doesn't solve it. No. And we deserve a lot more than that because we spent years of our lives in this place that didn't equip us for the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's not a bad but, first step. So, oh, hey, great. Hey, hey, hey. Wow. And well, that reason. Yeah. How bizarre. Um, so that's the the end of the of the narrative story. Wow. A nice little cap on the end. You can see I've got more notes. So the more notes I've got. Just some fun facts. Great. So, good. Welcome to Fun Facts Corner. That's quite difficult to say with good clarity. Fun Facts fun Corner. Fun Facts Corner. Oh, I can't. No. I keep putting an extra this is sibling S in it. Go on. Fun fact. Oh, why can't I say it? <laughs> Fun facts corner. Oh, well done. Just. John is an acting tutor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, email me now for bookings. Um, so you've seen the picture of Paul Schaefer. You know, it's pretty weird looking. Do you know something funny about his eyes? Um, small piggy in his spherical tennis ball head. Yeah. So one of his small piggy eyes was glass. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my God. Could this guy get any creepier? Yes. Oh no. Wait until no. I tell you <laughs> why it's glass. <clears throat> so uh, Schaefer was, he was in uh, World War Two. He served in World War Two. He claimed that it was um, some shrapnel had gone in his okay. eye. What really happened, John, was when he was a little boy in the Hitler Youth, he had his shiny, shiny shoes on, but he tied his laces up too tight. So he got a fork and tried to pry open the knot. And that uh, fork pinged up and gouged his own eye out. I'm not shitting you. John's just got his mouth open in amazement. Gah! Yes! Uh. <laughs> can't imagine anything worse. <laughs> uh. I can't imagine something worse. I've just talked about worse things. Yeah. But, uh. Uh, some more facts um, other weapons that were found included a gun that was also a walking stick and a camera that shot darts oh so wow like, like proper James um, Bond. old Avengers stuff exactly um, in an, a different uh, excavation in 2008 investigators found buried cars as we've seen before there have been buried cars mm. like mafia and shit do buried yeah, yeah. cars don't they these all belong to people who were political dissidents during oh, Pinochet's regime. Jesus. Yeah. One of the only known recordings of Schaefer's voice. Mm. I didn't find it. I didn't mm. want to. No, don't no, look for it. Didn't mm. want to. Um, but it's from a Chilean newsreel. This fact is mainly just for you, John, uh, where they showed that Colonia Dignidad had a petting zoo with a selection of owls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, Coming round to the place now in that case. Ooh. Uh, oh, holy shit, I can't believe I haven't told this story yet. Um, this is crazy. So, uh, Sam has nearly fallen off her chair. Off with... the chair. Uh, so, I can't tell if it's excitement or horror. We'll find out together. It's both. I mean, it's horrible, but it's what a story. Um, let's hope I tell it well now. I've talked it up. Oh, no. Welcome to <laughs> Sam Tells a Tremendous Story. <laughs> so... Children. Children love God, but they also love Santa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is true. Therefore. So, therefore, one December time. Uh, jingle bells in the air. Nice Chilean sunshine. Oh, I, I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, uh, Frohe Weihnachten. 
Exactly. Bless you. Um. <laughs> oh, I used to know Silent Night in German as well, but I don't anymore. Uh, I know that bit. Sht. I think the next one is something like Sht. Welcome to John and Sam don't really know things. <laughs> is it Stollen? Something like that? Silent? Yeah. Anyway, so December time. Schaefer goes, Come on, boys and girls. No. Get on the bus. I'm going mm. to introduce you to Santa. Oh, God. Kids no. are like, Yeah, Santa. Woo. So they drive along and they get to a lake and then. Who's that coming across the river on a raft? Oh, I don't know. It's Santa! Is it? Amazing! It is one of the elder colony members, dressed up as Santa, but still. On a raft, though, that's cool. On a raft. Children are like, yeah, fucking Santa, woo! (laughs) And then, uh, Nazareth gets horrible. Schaefer pulls out his gun and shoots Santa. (laughs) Who knows this is going to happen? So dives off the raft and, like, floats away. And then, come, you know, takes off his costume and comes back. So he says, Santa's gone now. You just saw me shoot him. Holy <laughs> mother of God. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. I told you he that was a good story. murked Santa. <laughs> to the highest level. Yeah. So. Those kids must have been bawling. Oh, my God. Yes. So the only holiday they had was Schaefer's birthday. God. And was the point of that, like. Like. There is yeah, no other god but fuck. me. Yeah. I shouldn't laugh, but it's also fucking hilarious. I know. <laughs> yeah. Ho ho ho! Bang! Splash! <laughs> that was That's number one thing reconnect. of totally chill things for a leader to do. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, lord! There weren't, you know, there weren't many totally chill things. I've just got two more. Okay. And then that's it. Mm. Uh, if two are gathered, they are under the devil. <laughs> if three are gathered, they are under Jesus. It was to discourage private conversations. Oh, not I mean, like threesomes. Um, Santa. <laughs> um, yes, I- Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just trying to, trying to think of further Father Christmas uh, moments in movies that need a... What, there I must be one in Miracle on 34th Street. Um, I've never seen it. Oh, my days. Mm. You have to watch both as well. You have to watch the old black and white one and then the more modern one with um, the nice man Matilda in it. Matilda in it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, I've never seen it. Oh. It's good there's a lot of christmas films oh i do know a line from it uh we've got a thousand letters here and all addressed to santa claus bang (laughs) 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 um my last totally chill thing for a cult leader to say great women are temptresses (laughs) whose sexuality if uncontrolled will drive men wild with desire and lead them away from god wow I, yeah, that's what I have to deal with every time we meet to make this podcast. I so. know. My <laughs> uncontrolled sexuality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to stop being such a temptress. So that is the shitty story of Colonia Dignidad. Hope you enjoyed it. I don't think we're going to find something crazier than that now, right? That feels like that's both the most unpleasant and craziest one so far. I mean... Which is topping it given we've done fucking Jonestown. Yeah. I mean, it's got it's got a colony. 
It's got pedophiles. It's got Nazis. It's got Chilean war crimes. What else could you want from a horror? Sorry, movie? listeners. We seem to have suddenly wandered into Sam pitching this as a movie somewhere. Interesting you say that. It has oh. already been made into a movie. Oh, no. uh, Starring Emma Watson. I didn't watch it. And it's got Daniel Bruhl in it, who you'd recognise if you saw him. He's a German actor. Oh, he's cool. Mm-hmm. I still didn't want to watch it. Okay. It was mainly about her, so... My other research came from a, a documentary on YouTube by a lady called Faris Kermani, um, and that was produced by the Al Jazeera Network. Thank you, Al Jazeera. Yep. Um, also, Reuters.com, also Wikipedia, of course. Reuters. Reuters. Yeah, you knew. Uh, the AmericanScholar.org uh, interviews with uh, Winfried and Werner, um, and also a really fucking stupid documentary by some bro guys which was one of those hunting Hitler ones. So they were looking for Hitler in South America. Okay. It was stupid. So that's where my research came from. Amazing. Thank you, uh, researchers. Um, Thank you, and I'm sorry, Sam, that you had to read and watch and look into that in such depth. I went into a big, weird YouTube hole of all these German communities that are in South America, and there are lots of them. Oh, I bet. It's very strange. If you live in one of those communities, please do write in. Please We'd love do. to hear about it. But I mean, they're not all like, then they're, they're not all necessarily Nazi based. Oh no, no, I wasn't. Impl- not, I wasn't implying that. But it's, it's <laughs> these little enclaves where they they speak German and they keep the German language alive. Yeah. And wow. And they don't want to move to Germany because they want to live in Chile, but they also don't want to speak Spanish because why should they? Yeah. And it's very it's very interesting. That is very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. Amazing. So if you uh, enjoyed our podcast today, John's just looked at me surprised that I've started this off. No, normally it's... I look at John blankly No, it's because it's he... I was trying to think of another Father Christmas moment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see if, we'll see if by the end of Sam doing the pitch to you listeners um, to communicate with us, if I can think of another one. I, all I'm thinking about is Sandy Claus from Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't think of any quotes. This is Halloween. Bang. It's not the same. Yeah, <laughs> um, if you enjoyed listening to this, uh, please give us a review on iTunes um, and write a little comment. We'd love to read them. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Coffee and Cults. Um, and you can email us at coffeeandcults at gmail.com. If you have been affected by anything that you've heard about today, we'll put some um, support websites in the show notes as well. If you would like to support us financially, you can do that with a one-off donation. You can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash coffee and cults. And we would appreciate that. And we shall drink it while recording our next uh, episode. If you'd like to support us on a more regular basis, uh, you can uh, become one of our patrons at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash coffee and cults. And if you join our Patreon, there is... uh, a range of exclusive uh, episodes that Sam and I uh, have made and will continue to make where we review the music of cults, uh, review books of cults um, and a lot of other stuff. We're just about to put a kittens update um, of our uh, information and uh, further encounters with the local kittens group. So if that's your bag, if you want even more John and Sam content, you can do that over there at patreon.com. And on that note, having provided you with your monthly dose of horror Nazis, murdered, beloved childhood fantasy Awful figures. Shit. 
We love you. We love you. Speak soon. Bye. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a bang. <laughs> We're going to talk to you. You are the initiate. You are the cosmic being. I found out that I was actually a